what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? We have a word on today. It is just so interesting how this word has been reinforced or themes of it have kept coming up. I'm like, okay, God, I hear you. We're gonna we're gonna bring it together. And hopefully this will be something that radically blesses you. It is a timely message and just allows you to <sighs> a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> So the topic on today is navigating the times, navigating the times. And this could seem extremely relevant as we are in a season of experiencing a pandemic. We are coming up on an election this upcoming week. We are really just learning how to to be present, how to let go of things that we can't control, how to really lean into the things that we can control and how to trust and have faith in the process. And that is a wild ride. And it, it's one that feels like it just kind of came up on us and we were we were thrust into. We didn't necessarily choose it. So I'm going to dive into some themes here on just different keys, principles to, to stay rooted and grounded in so that you can thrive in the process of any and every season. Did you hear that? You can thrive in the process of any and every season because this isn't going to be the last challenging season, right? This isn't going to be the last unexpected event that you experience, right? So given that, how do you get really good at being victorious no matter what? How do you do that, right? So let's dig into this. I thought that it would be valuable, and if you don't currently follow me over on YouTube, I break down a strong word on seasons and on purpose. I'll give you a couple of highlights here because it's relevant to navigating the times, but you can also absolutely go check out Juliana Page on YouTube and subscribe there. There's a ton of videos that are released each week, so make sure you check that out. All right, so thriving in every season, thriving in every season. So it really helps to know what what does that really mean? I love this verse. I use it as a life verse because it just calls me into accountability immediately. And this one is coming from Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
This is Apostle Paul, and it's a word. (laughs) It's a word, because what that really teaches is it doesn't have to go my way. It doesn't have to go according to my plan or how I feel or what I think, right? But I can, no matter what state I am, be content. I can. I can do it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it really eliminates excuses right there, that one. All right. So when we're talking about seasons, there's there's seasons in life. Typically, people think of, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall. That's typically what we think of when we think of seasons. But seasons are actually differentiated by what God is saying during that time. Seasons are differentiated by what God is saying during that time. So this, to me, highlights that we really learn through God, through relationship with God, how to thrive in any season that we're in. It's a very personal thing, as well as being corporate, okay? So, for example, David. David is a really good example. He was a shepherd and he was anointed king. Shepherd again, served a king, a hero, an outcast, king of Judah, king of Israel, fleeing from his son, right? Like there was there was many things happening in David's story, but he learned how to be content in every season. Or Joseph is another really great example, a favored son, a dreamer. He was rejected. He was a slave. He was a prisoner. He went into prominence and he was a family savior. Like what? (laughs) And if we just get stuck in a season or if we don't really understand what God is doing in a season, then it's very difficult to thrive. We actually just go or revert into survival mode. Okay. So in order to really thrive We need to be fully engaged in God's plan, not our plan, because our thoughts and our ways are not God's ways, right? So for this to happen, we really, really, really need to lean into relationship with God, okay? And he will give us the power to thrive in every season. And that is essential. The world needs more people that know how to thrive in any season, regardless of what's happening on the outside. How can you thrive no matter what? Now, it is key to know that we fail to thrive when we are unaware of the opportunity that is directly in front of us, okay? We just long to be in a different place. (laughs) We want to get out of the season as fast as we can. I don't like this. This is uncomfortable, so I'm just going to take it into my own hands, right? I see it a lot, too. Like, we'll, we'll pray, and then a minute later, we're already back into managing it ourselves, right? And here's the thing, the enemy would love for us to be deterred from our assignment. That would be great, right? Like, let me just rip into your self-esteem. Let me just bring down your worth and your sense of worthiness. Let me just destroy your confidence and just get you off the path. And then you'll be powerless, hopeless, and useless, right? Like, once you kind of see it for what it is, then you, you don't take it to heart. You just see what's happening and you're able to rise up and not let that happen, right? So in the 
in the thriving, this is how we do it. We remain students, not the teacher. God is the one who decides what we are learning in this season. So it is key, I hope you're getting it, to have and maintain relationship and connection with God. Intimacy is everything, okay? And often, you might know this by personal experience too, that God might be talking to you in a different way than you've experienced before. You know, I've gone through different seasons, so to speak, and I've recognized that that was happening by how my relationship or my connection to God was shifting, okay? So whether there were seasons where I was really, really feeling like I was hearing God's voice all the time from studying and reading the word, from different connections that would happen when I'm writing, from just this momentum that I had from the inside, just like this strong sense of identity, this renewed confidence, just this like boldness that maybe wasn't there before, this this inner peace that, you know, I never live with. <laughs> I used to joke that I was a, a champion future tripper, right? Like I would just constantly imagine the future without God in it. I didn't have a relationship with God for a majority of my life, right? So I was just like freaking out all the time internally, right? About how things were going to happen, how I had to make it happen. Stressful, right? So Uh, When you have peace after several seasons like that, it is wild, right? And then I went into other seasons where it was just silent. Like, I'm like, okay, I used to hear God in all these ways, and now I'm not hearing him. What does that mean, right? Um, Or there's been different seasons where it was just more sensory, right? Like, I was really feeling the presence of God differently. So it's just really interesting if you pay attention to that, too. But what you can do to get the most out of every season is wholeheartedly recognize and do what is in front of you, right? This is your new definition. Success looks like wholeheartedly doing what is in front of you, okay? All right. And what does that also mean? That means not rushing or skipping steps in the process, okay? Like a really great example Uh, from my own story I was in a season of recovery. And when you're in a season of recovery, that season can feel really long. (laughs) In hindsight, it wasn't very long, but it felt really long, right? Um, I was somebody that was a constant doer. I was busy being busy, busy making things happen, busy having a full schedule, just busy, right? So sitting down, slowing down, developing a relationship with God felt really awkward. That was not comfortable. I felt like, oh, shouldn't there be something else that I'm doing? Or like, what really is the benefit of this, right? It's wild what we can come up with. However, I wanted to get out of that season so bad. When is it going to be over? You know, it's like the road trip. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? Like, that's what my, my spirit, my inner child was like freaking out, okay? So... I noticed, though, that there were so many tests in that season, too. Tests to fill my schedule, tests to um, engage with different people that I knew would not be good for me, tests to stay committed to uh, a process. I was writing my first book at the time, tests to just stay put and just embrace exactly where you are. I did not want to do that. I did not want to. Like everything in me was like, no, just get out of the season. But I was actually more afraid of rushing the process or skipping steps in the process because I didn't want to see that movie again. You know, like when you've seen the movie before, I didn't want to have another 
dysfunctional relationship or one that that had me blindsided at the end of it being like what just happened here right like I didn't want to go through that again or I didn't want to keep uh finding myself in familiar places because I'm not passing the test like I'm missing the lessons and I have to keep going around the mountain like I don't want that so I am going to with like everything in me. It took me really asserting my will. With everything in me, I'm going to stay put and I'm going to go through this. I'm going to feel what I'm feeling. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to strengthen my my spirit, right? <laughs> and I'm going to change my normal. I'm going to allow God to rewire me and give me a new rhythm. Hence, God's vibes matter. That is so real to me. So, I knew that if I did not embrace God's process, I'm only going to find myself in survival mode. And I don't want that to be my normal. Like I know what comes from that mode and I don't want that. So that was a driver. Yes, there were still temptations. Yes, there were still tests. But that that desire to to really experience the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all I dare ask, think or imagine life was a magnet pulling me forward. Okay, like I embrace that I don't know what's next. I don't know when the season is going to be over, but no matter what, I'm going to stay here because I am choosing to make this a, a turning point in my life where I stop leaning on my own understanding, where I stop getting my pride and joy from being independent and self-reliant, right? <laughs> and an enemy to God in a lot of ways, right? Where I stop looking for any sort of like validation or comfort outside of me where I literally just am still and I will abide in God, right? Like I will make that my new normal, right? So just for some context and an example, it's not always going to feel like something that you want to do. It's very much like exercise, right? We don't always just wake up and we're like, yes, I'm so excited to go exercise right now. Like it's especially... (laughs) Oh my goodness, especially this past week where it went from 81 degrees in Texas to 38 overnight, like that was wild. And I had every reason in my own life story to not get out and go running, right? But I still did it. Did I feel like it? Absolutely not. Did I have about seven reasons to not show up? Yes. But what did I want to reinforce? Excuses? Reasons why I can let myself off the hook? Reasons why I can limit myself and pull back? No, because that's not the season that I'm in, right? And it's like, literally, I found this to be true. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you slack in this area, you're probably slacking in some other area. If you let yourself off the hook over here and take easy ways out, you're probably doing that somewhere else too. And I just am not about that. So that was a fun side note. Okay, now, A key awareness to have is that it's usually lack of trust that makes us rush. And this is usually rooted from something deep, probably childhood, because it's usually our inner child that's not okay with things. A more mature self (laughs) can take it, but a child sometimes is like absolutely not, right? Like if you watch a child, you can see this to be true. So it's a lack of trust that is what's making us rush. So for, for example, for me, I learned very early in my story that life was not safe, that life was out of control, that life was was not manageable. So I had to find everything that I could do to to make it more comfortable, to to regain some sort of control, to to take things on that could 
help me focus and not get caught up in the worry of all those things that were unmanageable, right? In, in some degree, live in denial, right? So I was rushing because I wanted to prepare for the inevitable because the inevitable kept happening, okay? And so I was expecting that to be normal. So rather than expecting the best, I was constantly expecting the worst, yet trying to be positive. That's not faith. <laughs> Right. But that's how I lived. And so I was constantly rushing like I was just and people in my life would say like, man, like you're always like you're just like full speed ahead. Like you've done so much and you just like keep going. Um, and there's blessings to that. However, it's not good if that's not from trust. Right. Because there's a difference between rushing and divine acceleration. All right. And that's something that I want to highlight so that you have that for your own awareness. And then here's the thing. To thrive and not just survive, it looks like this. It looks like not killing the souls in your life, okay? For they might be a part of the process. A really good example was having, in my life story, a boss that was very difficult to work with, okay? Now, I could have done so many things. I could have lashed back. I could have made this boss's life miserable. <laughs> I could have uh, gotten out of character. I could have quit. I could have done so many things. But in hindsight, this boss was part of the process. Okay. And part of a process that God was operating. And if I missed that, it could have gotten really messy really, really quick. But what's not to say that your Saul is not someone that God is using to bless you. And that is part of your process. So pay attention to that because it's not always about you and how you feel, okay? Next one, don't complain. Just go through the motions, right? Or look for a way out <laughs> like I was trying to. But embrace what God is teaching you right where you are. What is God teaching you? Sometimes when you can recognize that, I usually go to the fruit, right? So if God is teaching me patience, I'm going to develop that. Okay, if God is teaching me self-control, I'm going to put it to work, right? And then I can focus more on what I'm learning and what I'm being developed in and then how I'm growing and what God wants to get through me than being uncomfortable in my season. I'm going to focus on the good that is happening versus on the discomfort, okay? And then trust that promotion is coming on the other side of the test, right? And that growth is what happens in the process, okay? So just a little bit on seasons. They're differentiated by what God is saying, okay? So some things for you to think about in this word on navigating the times. I'm going to speak to purpose here in a second. Some things to think about. These are questions. So I encourage you to even pause this message. If you're driving, obviously you don't have to do that. But tune in here and, and pause it. Because you can ask yourself these questions. So the first one is, what season are you in? What season are you in? Okay. I was speaking with a girlfriend the other day and uh, she was talking, strangely enough. This was, again, how it was reinforced. And like, okay, this message is clearly one that needs to be, to be released here. But she was talking about what season that she's in. And she actually asked me <laughs> what season I'm in. And I... I said that I was training for harvest. You know, I'm not in a season uh, of recovery. I'm not in a season of a ton of healing necessary. I, necessarily, I'm in a season of renewing for sure, but I'm training for harvest. And what does that mean? It means preparing 
for harvest. So putting systems in place, having uh, content created, getting the team assembled, establishing the structure for, for the process to really work well, right? So I'm in this season and really, really anytime I get new information, it's like integrating it immediately. So it's really, really an interesting season. Now, in the past, I might have thought that I was in like a cave season, <laughs> you know, just like a season of isolation. And it doesn't feel like that because I don't actually feel isolated at all. I'm very much connected to a lot of people, even with the different parameters that we have. So I would say I'm in a season of training or transitioning into harvest. Now, I shared in a group that seasons for me don't always follow winter, you know, spring, summer, fall. They don't always follow that. But if that is the language that you understand seasons, God can definitely speak to that. So in the fall, maybe there's some things that you're releasing. Maybe there's, you know, in the spring, maybe there's some pruning happening that's uncomfortable. But in the end, you're just going to flourish more, right? There's going to be something new that really, really grows and develops from that, right? So just keep that in mind. But what's been true for me is I will typically come across words that that have, they're loaded, Okay. Um, and I'll give you an example of that. So usually I will get a word for the year and that's not like an affirmation. That's not something that I necessarily intentionally sought after. I didn't even know that that maybe was a thing, <laughs> um, but I genuinely would get words for the year and they would be my quote unquote battle strategy. So for example, abide, abide in the Lord, right? Like this year's going to be rough. It's going to be uncertain. There's going to be a lot of things shifting around you. But abide in the Lord. That will be your strategy. That will help you grow through everything you go through. And Lord, was that true, right? Another year, I got a word, joy. And I'm like, yes, like who doesn't want that as a word? However, that year was all about things coming to try to kill, steal, and destroy my joy. And would I choose joy no matter what? That was rough. (laughs) But what a powerful lesson to really have reinforced. Or another year was glory and really understanding the presence of God, right? And feeling that and experiencing that experientially for myself and being able to uh, operate in the prophetic and really learn those tools to speak into and encourage other people and build them up, right? And give them a word and season and really training my tongue, let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be good and pleasing in your sight. Or another one, be radiant, right? Like radiant, take up space, arise, shine for your light has come. The world is dark, right? We need people of light that are bold, that are confident, that know what they carry, that don't make it about them, that can steward well what they're given. So so practice that, train for that because you're going to need to equip people in that. See what I'm saying? So that has happened to me before. I think another thing that I mentioned was just paying attention to how God is speaking. That has been really powerful. Like, is it a silent season? What that silent season actually taught me was to stay committed and to go deeper. Like, it's not always just about hearing God's voice. It's being connected to the vine, (laughs) right? And being diligent about seeking the kingdom first, right? seek the kingdom first and all these other things will be added unto you, right? So for me, it was a challenge. Are you still going to seek even if you don't hear in the same way? Or are you going to revert back to old ways of being where you just take it on yourself? Well, since you're not hearing God, you can just do it your way, right? See what I'm saying? So super powerful. So I kind of look at seasons that way. There's been other seasons like that really 
long (laughs) season of recovery was an isolation season. That was actually a cave season where I wasn't, you know, out there socially. I was literally just developing my relationship with God and understanding what that that was like personally for me. And I, I do believe that we all need that kind of season. We need to know what relationship with God is personally for ourselves. It's not something anybody can give us. So I was turning down all the noise to make sure that I could turn up the volume on the voice of God. So no TV. I wasn't listening to the radio. I was just listening to sermons. I was reading the word. I was just spending time solo in silence, right? I was writing quite a bit, but I was not going out socially. I was just taking care of my health. I was making sure that I was getting good rest. I was making sure that I was eating well. And not everybody understood that season, but because I knew what season it was, it helped me steward it differently. See what I'm saying? So that if loneliness came up, I could connect to the greater purpose. So there's some insight on season. So first question, what season are you in? Next one, what are you fighting? (laughs) In any season, I know it's not funny, but in hindsight, kind of. um, What are you fighting? In any season, we get to either be in step with God or out of alignment. Okay, now... When we are fighting, we just revert back to survival mode, right? We're trying to rush the process. We're not trusting. We're not surrendered. We're not humbly submitted. None of that stuff, right? So what are you fighting? I have really come to understand that if I expect things to be hard, they absolutely will be. And how many hard lessons do I want before I actually understand that there's a different way to experience things, right? God leads in ways of pleasantness and peace. Am I going to get on that? Or am I going to keep expecting hard things and keep proving that I can do hard things? No, no, (laughs) right? Like I already know I can do hard things because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? And I've had a ton of hard seasons. And how many of those do I want before I start embracing thriving instead? Do I want to keep thriving Is that how I want to live my life or do I want to experience something different? And if you've ever had a bone, a joint, something out of alignment, there is no pain like that. Okay. Like I've broken wrists. I've had wrists out of alignment. Like definitely one of the most painful things I've experienced in my life. Right. Um, And it was a metaphor (laughs) and a really great reflection of all of the things that were not in alignment in my life. Okay, so it's like, okay, so you see how that goes. You see how that feels. Do you want more of that or do you want to actually live in alignment? And I've come to realize that being in step with God is the safest place to be. I still might not know how things are going to unfold. I still might not always feel comfortable, but I have peace. I'm able to hear God. I'm able to walk in step with God. I'm able to be led and guided right? There's daily bread that I'm given. It's a very different way to live where I don't have to have it all under control. And that is incredibly freeing. So that would be an invitation. Where are you fighting? Where are you struggling? Where are you resisting God? Okay. And this could, I've found that sometimes this could be connected to identity. Like I'm resisting leveling up to seeing myself this way, or I'm resisting taking this business to this level because I've never identified myself as someone who could do that. Or I'm resisting, you know, really viewing my relationship in this light because I'm so used to it being this way. Those are some examples. Okay, next question. What lessons are you learning? Because if again, if you can focus on the lessons, then you can get off the season and just embrace the lessons. Are you learning patience, trust, 
quietness and steadiness, focus, imagination, and how to really employ your imagination to serve you versus work against you? Are you learning creativity and what it feels like to have God flow through you? What are you building? Are you building a business, longevity, leadership, consistency, humility? What are you building? Okay. And then last question, what can you embrace? What can you embrace? And I, just a a pro tip here, I just make a list in the beginning and these can turn into journal entries later, but I did a brain dump for what can you embrace? God's faithfulness. Heck yes. Right? Like if we could embrace anything, it should be that. (laughs) Expansion. What a cool word. Worthiness. God's perfect timing and embodiment, like embodying thriving, okay? So again, those questions are, what season are you in? What are you fighting? What are the lessons you are learning? What are you building and what can you embrace? So, so powerful when you get a handle on that because you can see how God is operating and that alone can bring you this contentment that Paul is talking about. And before I transition into navigating the times and some practical thoughts, A word on purpose, (laughs) a word on purpose. I think a lot of times in different seasons that we're walking through, we are searching for purpose. Like what is the purpose of this? What is the meaning of this? And again, we are the students, not the teacher. Okay. In your purpose, I really struggle with this for a minute. Like who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Like What is this supposed to look like or feel like? Or you see what I'm saying? Like, I didn't feel like I had reference points and I was not in relationship with God, which I, I didn't have a home base. So it just felt like I was floating all the time. Right? So purpose, what I, what I ended up receiving was that you're alive. That means you're on purpose, right? Like I didn't choose to wake up today. (laughs) I didn't put the breath in my lungs. It's a gift. Okay. And I'm already ahead of the other people that didn't wake up with me. Okay. And that's not random with me. So My job is to live my life on purpose. I'm alive, therefore I'm on purpose, okay? My creator, God, wants me here for such a time as this. My my job is to connect with God and live on purpose with exactly what's in my hand right now, with exactly what he's given me to steward, right? With With the ideas, with the relationships, with the opportunities, with the provision, with everything that he's given me, that is enough. And my job is to live like it. Okay. And I cannot tell you how much pressure that took off because it really helped me stop the search and just seek the source, right? Like stop getting caught up in outcomes and the way you think things are supposed to be. Stop getting caught up in timelines. Stop getting caught up in all of this outside exterior stuff and just trust God. Just trust God and work what's in front of you. Okay, so let's transition here into navigating the time so you can be victorious no matter what. I think first key was really recognizing what season that you're in. Second key is assessing if you are in step or out of alignment. (laughs) Third key is understanding your purpose and how to live on purpose. It's a decision. It's a decision. It's not taking anything for granted because life is very fragile. Actually, we're seeing that a lot and it can shift in a moment. So how can you live on purpose? You decide and then you start doing it with what's in your hand, with exactly what's in front of you. And you show up and you engage with it from a place of confidence, from a place of excellence, from a place of faith. 
Okay. (sighs) Moving on. (laughs) All right. So hopefully you are sensing that peace and victory, both of those beautiful words, are not tied to outcomes, but being positioned properly, particularly in transition. Oh, man. If you need some Q-tips, clean out your ears. Hear this. Peace and victory are not tied to outcomes, but being positioned properly in transition. Okay, so our role is to make sure that we are positioned properly. What are we operating from? What is our power source? What are we focusing on? What are we creating right? Pay attention to that, okay? And it's a decision, right? Like, I am going to be victorious no matter what, okay? I'm going to control the narrative that is driving my life, meaning I'm going to control what I focus on. I'm going to control what I align with. I'm going to control what I partner with because that is within my control. I can't control all sorts of outcomes, right? And things that are happening around me, but I can control what I align with, what I partner with, and the narrative that is running through my head, okay? And I have found this to be true, that a powerful, positive, prophetic thought is usually what I am partnering with, okay? So a powerful, positive, prophetic thought, usually that is a word of revelation, a word of knowledge. It is positive. It is building you up. It's exhortation, right? It is encouraging and it's confirmed by the word of God. Okay, so Jeremiah 29, 11 is one that we hear often. <laughs> it's one that we hear quite frequently, actually. Dun, dun, dun. And it says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. Okay, so this is interesting because a lot of times I don't particularly hear different teachers talk about this, but this verse, the context of it was that the children of Israel were about to go into captivity for 70 years. (laughs) Like what? They're about to go into captivity for 70 years and the Lord is all For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future, okay? So in those moments where you're in captivity for 70 years, where you're doubting, where you're questioning, you hang on to this as an anchor verse. You say, okay, God's plans are to prosper me. God's plans are to give me a hope in a future. And even when it doesn't look like it, even when it doesn't feel like it, this is the narrative that I'm going to tell myself. Okay, because otherwise the outside things will start to consume me and I might get brainwashed by what's happening outside of me rather than controlling my thought life. Okay, another great one to keep in mind is Proverbs 4, 23 through 25. Keep your heart with all vigilance. That is a very active statement. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. Okay, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Okay, so this is 
how you do it, basically, which is really cool, right? So you keep your heart with all vigilance by paying attention to what's flowing from it. What is coming from your heart? Is there unforgiveness? Is there resentment? Is there frustration? Is there anxiety? Is there overwhelm? Like what is flowing from your heart? And then how can you start cleaning it up? You can get honest about it. You can recognize it. You can put away crooked speech and start speaking life, right? You can keep your eyes directly forward versus comparing yourself to other people, being jealous of what other people have, right? And just set your gaze before you and be excellent with how you engage with whatever that is, okay? So, so powerful. That's how you can keep your heart with all vigilance, okay? Now, I want to go back to Jeremiah 29, 11 for a second, just so you can get this, okay? Because we often hear that God has good plans for us. There's another way that it's said to, let me pull it. I know the thoughts, I think. All right. Let's see if the Googs can pull it. All right. So here is another one. It says this, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Okay. Thoughts of peace and not evil. All right. That's another way to say it. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not evil. So I want you to think about that for a second. Think of somebody who has good thoughts towards you right? They're always so encouraging. They always just bring upliftment to your spirit. They just put things in context. You just feel like you get a word from them, right? When they're around or even if they don't say anything, you just feel uplifted. There's something about their presence. You just know that they actually see you. They see your your best. They see you from God's context or perspective. They just see this goodness in you, right? Okay, cool. Lock that in. Now, think of someone who has bad thoughts towards you. Think of someone who has bad thoughts towards you, right? And immediately you can feel the weight of that. You can feel how heavy that feels, how uh, frustrating that feels because you can't change their mind, right? Like there's nothing that you can do when somebody has made up their mind to change their mind. There's, There's things that God can do and you can pray but you can't change somebody's narrative. You can only work on your own narrative. And I think that that's really important to pay attention to, even for yourself. Think about the thoughts that you have towards people. I know in my own story, one of my best friends, I used to really have some negative thoughts towards him because he betrayed in a really bad way and broke trust And I really came to a turning point after seeing how I was showing up and how I was thinking towards him and behaving towards him out of fear, out of frustration, out of disappointment, out of discouragement, out of heartbreak, right? Um, Just really dealing with the unexpected and just the feelings of being blindsided, so to speak, like dealing with that was really heavy. So that was really interesting to, to walk through. But as I was seeing, God doesn't think about my friend this way. God doesn't hold him in this light, no matter how he showed up. Why am I going to keep doing that? And actually, what am I keeping in my heart, right? I'm not keeping my heart with all vigilance. I'm not walking uprightly. I'm really harboring a lot of evil, 
right? And allowing the enemy to get a a foothold. This isn't peace at all. And it's only going to destroy (laughs) this relationship. So think about that. It's not just a other people sided thing. It's also one that you have. Think about when you're having these good thoughts and bad thoughts. Think about that, okay? And a really great way to take control of your narrative is to ask better questions. Like our, our questions, and this is interesting because our questions can either be led by faith or by fear, okay? And God doesn't want all these fear-based questions. God wants faith-based questions because those actually direct our narrative, okay? So we want to, just like we want to pay attention to the thoughts, keep in mind that God only has good thoughts towards you. So how can you partner with that narrative, right? What you can do is you can replace fear-based questions to walk out a narrative of faith, okay? So, oh man, I'm thinking all these crazy thoughts. I release those thoughts now in Jesus' name. I break off any, any connection to these thoughts and I replace them in faith with God's positive thoughts because I know that God only thinks positive thoughts towards me. And I choose to partner with that on today. Thank you, God, that you renew my mind to see your positive thoughts towards me. See, that's an example of what you can do. All right. Another thing that you can do is you can really dissect the present. As I mentioned, you can get caught up in future tripping pretty easily. You just fall into anxiety. All it takes is one thought and we're down a rabbit hole. You can get caught up in the in the past and what happened and you just can't shake it sometimes. So what you can do instead to get the most out of where you are, because the word says forget the former things and you forget the former things by perceiving and really putting all of your focus and energy on paying attention to what's happening in the present, okay? So what do you actually have versus what you don't have? Okay, because purpose is built on what you have and what's left is always enough. So even if you've lost something, even if something is in a different portion than you're used to, even if things have shifted, what do you have? God will always use what's in your hand and that will always be enough. Think about the manna in the word, right? It's like we only have a loaf and he multiplies it, right? So he takes all this bread and he multiplies it for many. So what you have is enough, right? So Think about that. In the present right now, what do you have? And how can you actively build what's in front of you? I'll give you an example, right? Like sometimes it's an idea. An idea is a very real thing, right? Like essentially like the world was created from an idea, okay? So that is enough. If that's all you have, that's enough. But often we think that we need all of the things, whatever those are. Sometimes it's just the idea and that's enough, okay? Now, another thing to navigate the times, it's being radically responsible for the atmosphere you are going to live in and what you are going to bring to your world. A lot of times we get outwardly focused. We need people to operate this way. We need to hold other people accountable. We need people to show up like this in order for us to feel comfortable. However, if you've ever tried to control somebody, you'll find out very quickly you can't. If you're a parent, you know this to be true, right? You can do your best, right? The minute your child hits 18, right? Things change, or even before that, right? So it's more about what you are activating in yourself and in other people. Please hear this. What are you activating in yourself 
And what are you activating in other people? For example, if you are activating self-hate and these negative thought patterns and these heavy negative emotions, and then you're expecting the worst from somebody or expecting them to let you down or expecting that they're going to show up some kind of way that's going to be disappointing to you, you're activating the worst out of yourself and out of other people. Okay, now flip it, flip it, because that's in your power too, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can shift my thought life. I can keep a good attitude. I can clean up what's going on in my spirit. I can take authority over this situation, right? So what atmosphere am I going to live in and what am I going to bring to my world? What am I going to activate in me today? Am I going to activate my gold, my potential? Am I going to activate that in other people? Or am I going to focus on all the negative? What am I going to do? That is a choice. And that's why we need self-control. Because it's easy to murmur. It is easy to complain. It is easy to tear down. Easy. It is easy to find dirt. So easy. But activating gold and finding gold and holding up gold in people? Different. Different. How about that for some character development, okay? This I actually want to connect to Deuteronomy 28, 13. Deuteronomy. This is reminding me. I can't help it. I'm sorry. This is reminding me of the play Cats. Have you guys ever seen that? Oh my God. Google it. It's good. Deuteronomy from Cats. Google it. Okay. This is Deuteronomy from the Bible. (laughs) Deuteronomy 13, the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Okay, check that out, right? This is a promise. I am never not at the bottom. I mean, I'm never not at the top. (laughs) Cancel, cancel. I am never not at the top because the Lord says that I am the head, not the tail. I'm above only, never beneath, right? So if we live by fear and fear-based things, right? The fear-based things that are often happening in the world, we lose momentum. We lose faith. It's like literally a balloon losing all of its air. That's what's happening. We're not being elevated. We're not being lifted. We're not going higher. We're losing all of our momentum, Okay. So it is a choice to decide where you are going to set up your house. What is your home base and where are you going to establish your spirit? Is it going to be in God or is it going to be in something else? Where are you going to put your trust? Where are you going to put your faith? Where are you going to put that? Where are you going to root your thoughts, your spirit, your emotions? Where are you going to root that? Where are you going to establish it? That is a choice and it is so, so, so powerful if you can get it. And keep yourself accountable to it. Because you know, here's reality and here's some real talk. You know that you can't control other people when you look at yourself. Because how hard sometimes is it to actually control your thought life? To control your emotions? To take control over your spirit? And what spirit, right? What spirit, there we go, you're going to operate from. If it is that difficult sometimes to take control of you, what in the world do you think you're doing trying to control other people? You can influence them, but you can't control them. So let that hit you and get busy about activating what you want to see more of, not what you don't want. All right? That is radical accountability. That is radical responsibility. That is self-control. And it will require patience and gentleness in the process. It's not necessarily an overnight thing. You might get hit with the revelation, but you still got to walk it out. Okay? Whew, that's a good one. 
That's a good, good one. Okay, couple reminders. In all that you might have lost, how much have you gained, right? I really invite you to think about that because sometimes we think when things are shifting, when things are being moved, when we have to let go of things, we think that that could be quote unquote a bad thing. But think about how much you gain. I know when I've released things, I gain so much more. So think about that. Think about that. You actually recognize what you actually need versus what you don't need. And remember that life is fragile, right? What really, really matters? How can you live from what really, really matters? And let go of the things that don't. That's a daily practice. You will always get tested in that. <laughs> you will always get to choose one day at a time and one moment at a time, okay? So how in navigating the times do you come to stability? You can ask questions that are on your heart and allow God to speak to you and give you a word which will become the foundation that you can stand on, this powerful positive prophetic thought, that can be your home base. That can be what you stand on in the season that you're in, okay? We really can't walk in God's narrative and be fearful at the same time. We can't because God's narrative is a narrative of faith. It's a narrative of power. It's a narrative of confidence and peace and stability. It's a very positive narrative. So we can't be operating in that narrative and be operating in fear at the same time. All right. But what often blinds us is a limited perspective or insistence on seeing things a certain way or it has to have this outcome or else. And that's actually a self-righteous spirit and pride, right? Because it's saying, how could I even be wrong? It's impossible that I could be wrong or it's impossible that this might not be actually what's happening here. It's actually very possible, <laughs> right? So some keys to navigate the time. I will do a brief summary here. One is understanding the season that you're in. Two, it's recognizing if you are in step or out of alignment with God. Three, it's recognizing your purpose and what that actually is, getting it down to the bare bones. Four, it's deciding that you're going to be in control of your narrative that is driving your life no matter what. Five, it's dissecting the present. Six, it's determining and making a conscious, intentional decision every day about what atmosphere you'll live in and what you will bring to your world. Seven, it's choosing to ask God questions that are of faith and allowing him to give you a word to stand on, okay? And then eight, it's holding yourself accountable versus trying to get everybody else to shift into what you want them or need them to do, okay? So two verses to lock this in on today, all right? First one is bum, ba, da, ba, Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 25, therefore... I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Okay? So take no thought, right? That is so, so powerful. So what, what does that mean? That means the serenity prayer, 
really. Live one day at a time, one moment at a time. Accept what you can control and trust God with the the heavier stuff that you can't. Another one, Psalm 46.2. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. We will not fear. So that, my friend, (laughs) is the word that I have for you. Navigating the times is deciding that you're going to be victorious no matter what. It's understanding your purpose. It's understanding the season that you're in. It's understanding that you are going to use your will and exercise your self-control to stay in step with God versus out of alignment. It's holding yourself accountable because that you do have control of. It's dissecting the present so you can fully engage with it. It's asking God questions of faith so that you can get better answers and that you can powerfully stand on the foundation that he gives you as you move through different things that you're seeing and experiencing. It's choosing to pay attention to the atmosphere that you live in and and to what you can bring to your world, right? What mixture do you want to sow? Do you want to bring more faith? Do you want to bring more peace? Do you want to bring more joy? Or do you want to bring something quite different? We get to decide that and that's not up to anybody else, right? So rather than getting caught up in outcomes, it's really identifying and recognizing that peace and victory are not tied to the outcomes, but by being positioned properly, particularly as we go through transition. And once you start to recognize this, you do build confidence, you do build faith, you do activate different parts of yourself, different potential that you didn't know, that gold, right, that's down on the inside of you that probably wouldn't have been activated unless it wasn't prompted by what you're walking through. So what are you gaining in this season? What can you embrace in this season? How can you hold yourself accountable to growing through this season and trusting in this season? How has God blessed you even now, even here, to be a blessing? And how can you give that right now and be radiant and shine? How can you arise and shine? Focus on the things that you can control, not what you can't. That is a major key in navigating the times. Woo, Lordy Lord, I hope this message blessed you guys. It is a deep one. It is one that requires practice and habits, right? It's it's really training yourself <laughs> to, to be a person of faith and to letting God handle these details and just trusting that Nothing is a surprise to God, and God is the one that's in control. God is sovereign. Nothing is getting past his care and control, and you don't have to have it all together because he does, okay? All right, guys. I hope this message blessed you. A couple of things as we close here. JulianaPage.com is a hub of really cool content. So there is a weekly blog over there with a couple of posts going up every week. The link to the YouTube channel is over there as well. So you can make sure to subscribe to that if you need more messages of encouragement throughout your week. There is a six-week self-mastery course there that is the bomb.com. It is a culmination of a lot of these really good faith-based questions and a lot of this inner work that we don't often do. 
So it is a guided course to help you really get still and do the work, which is amazing. And as you go through that, I am available for email support through that as well. And if you also need some coaching in your life, there are coaching programs over on julianapage.com as well. So be sure to go check that out. You can also follow me for all the daily vibes over on Instagram at Miss Juliana Page. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed. Stay blessed.